If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome, fellow Star Wars fans, to the little slice of heaven we call Aggressive Negotiations, the Star Wars podcast here on the Nerd Party Network that explores Star Wars from a slightly different point of view. I'm one of your hosts, Jedi Master John Mills, and with me is my dear friend, Jedi Master Matthew Rushing. Matt, why don't you say hi to everybody? I, I'm just a slice of heaven because I thought that the only place to get that was Dex's Diner. Uh, well, I mean... Dex's Diner is contained within the Star Wars universe, and we are frequenters of Dex's Diner. That's true. That's true. Actually, right. if there's a if there's a real world, um, uh, like analogous thing to Dex's Diner, I actually live relatively close to it, oh, and I... the food is unbelievable. You know, that, you, that's yeah. really funny you say that. I actually have a place that's not far from me as well called the Stardust Diner, and yeah. it really is one of those like chrome rounded buildings oh, and everything oh, see, looks I, just like it bob and edith's is not like that um neither is the route 29 diner but like they are oh my gosh i mean it's like they, you, you you can't even believe how much it's it's, it's sort of like al bundy cooking with last year's ashes <laughs> when he's you know doing the grilling Yes. That's sort of what the whole mystique is of their food. It's it's truly wonderful. Well, and if I any of those places, you just expect that there is a basilisk in the back working, and it wouldn't be all that weird to see one. No, it wouldn't. And that that's the you know that's the one thing is okay. You notice you never see Obi Wan actually eat at Dex's diner. No, he does, does drink he the Jamba Juice don't. though. So yeah, yeah, he but, didn't order food. He just ordered a drink. We know how Obi Wan likes a drink. Yeah, I know, but does does Obi Wan? know something that the patrons don't like it's like you want some food no i'm good i'm just here <laughs> to talk true. to dex you want some I'm jamba right. juice that's they yeah. they know it because that's all he's going to drink there uh yeah it's so, good yeah it's good <laughs> well they use that really nice nabooian uh uh vodka in in the jamba juice yeah. so it's yeah it's well, really nice i still insist that they should call it nabooian nabooian hey. yeah I, um that would be good too so <laughs> it would but uh, speaking of delectable things that you can get, of course, we, w- we would be remiss, and we hate being remiss, as we've well established here, in not mentioning uh, partner and sponsor of the Nerd Party Network and Aggressive Negotiations in specific, Loot Crate. Go over to LootCrate.com slash Nerd Party, enter the code Nerd Party, get a special discount on a box of goodies that gets sent, sent to you once a month, geek heaven in a box sent to you, LootCrate.com slash Nerd Party, enter the code Nerd Party. Help yourself, help the show, get a gift subscription for somebody. You'll really be glad you did. 
here in the holiday season. You keep so. mentioning that gift subscription. I, I don't. Is that a wink to somebody? I. I I am you know my voice is carrying out through the waves. Maybe someone <laughs> someone's getting a hint Anyone. somewhere out there, Matt. Yes, please. I don't know how much more obvious I can be. Uh, but that brings us to this week's question. Uh, you know we're we're going down a road. Last week we examined the question of Qui Gon. What would have happened had he lived? And that spurred uh, some thoughts about. Some more alternative history takes on it, still prequel based. So, is this like the Kelvin timeline for Star Wars? Potentially, it okay. could be. Yes. Okay. In this in this version of it, Qui Gon's still dead. Everything has transpired through Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith up to a certain point. The decision point that I want us to look at is there's a specific decision made in Revenge of the Sith where Yoda says to Obi Wan, "You go after Anakin. I'll take care of the Emperor." And they go their separate ways. And, of course, there's the whole symbolic balance. One loses, one wins. Balances achieve that way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I was thinking about this. Just to get the ball rolling, what if Yoda had said, you know what? Leave Anakin on Mustafar. You come with me. We're both going to take on the Emperor. And when we defeat him... The person who has consolidated all of this power in this new government to himself specifically, with no clear succession plan, once we wipe him out, we can end this empire. And it doesn't matter if Anakin's there. We're waiting for him. We've got control of the government again. The whole apparatus. So let's postulate a timeline where that happens. Where Obi-Wan and Yoda go to face the Emperor. Do you see them winning? In that scenario? And if so, how do you see it playing out? Well, that's such an interesting question because uh, earlier in the film, they go up against Dooku and Obi-Wan gets dispatched pretty easily. And it's a little bit disturbing because then, of course, he takes down Grievous by himself, which nobody's been able to do in the Clone Wars. Uh, And... Except for the Gungans, I mean, let's let's give the Gungans their due here. They Captain Tarple, they they kicked his ass. So yes. uh, and yeah, if they hadn't had to give him back, he was a he was a goner. Um, yeah. But so and and it always made me wonder if Palpatine had something to do with Obi Wan getting taken out so easily. Uh, Interesting under idea. the table because the the next time that we see him, he's fighting Grievous. Fine. And then he's able to take down uh, Anakin Skywalker, which is presumably the most powerful being Jedi ever to exist. Uh, and so, which, you know, I, I, I think the novelization adds something, and it's in my head canon, that well, the reason yeah. that, that Obi-Wan doesn't do it sooner is because he still has a hope for Anakin, and he has to let go of that love and hope so that he can do what he needs to do well sure sure but i you know i I mean sort of like all of that aside i mean i I have my own interpretation of why dooku is able to uh sort of uh pwn obi-wan and that's because obi-wan was trained by qui-gon who was trained by uh dooku and obi-wan is not a great innovator with you know fighting he's he's fighting the way he was taught that doesn't take anything away from him, but Dooku is going to be very familiar with his style. Anakin is much more unorthodox in the way he fights, 
which is why Duka would have more trouble with him. Like if you go up against it, it's it's sort of like when you see a boxing match, two fighters with similar skill sets, you know, it usually ends, you know, uh, mm-hmm. one of them can dispatch the other because they know the other's game. Right. Whereas somebody who's very unorthodox that even the established fighter, if he's not prepared for how that other person fights, it's going to throw him off. But all that, you know, all that aside, Obi-Wan has taken out Grievous. Anakin's on Mustafar. Yoda and Obi-Wan decide, let's go face the Emperor. Do you see them winning? Well, and, and that's why I brought up the other things, because it, it played into my answer. Okay. And I, I think... I think if the... I think if the Obi-Wan that beats Anakin shows up, then he can do it. But I also think that Obi-Wan um, might have a better chance against the Emperor just because he doesn't have skin in the game as in it's not his brother. This is something he is out to destroy just like he was out to destroy Grievous. You know, uh, and so we, we've seen that uh, Obi-Wan can be um, very uh, resourceful when he needs to be to take down an enemy, especially, again, taking down Grievous. And so I, I think putting him and Yoda together, they have a good opportunity um, because you, ha- you have two just very incredible masters at that point. Uh, and I, I would argue probably the greatest Jedi masters of the age. Uh, you know, they are the ones who live. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue that. Um, but I think they could. I think they could take him. I really do. So if they do, what plays out then? How how do you see it playing out? Do you see them waiting for Anakin? Does Anakin manage to rally the troops, as it were? Um, you know, the the clone army is turned on the Jedi. So Obi Wan and Yoda aren't necessarily out of the woods. Like, you know, the the clones aren't going to suddenly stop going after the Jedi, mm-hmm. and there's still that apparatus there. Does Anakin find a way to rally those troops? Are the Jedi able to appeal directly to the people of the galaxy and say, this has been a coup, we need your help, don't trust the soldiers? What, what, for, uh, look, I'll say for me, it starts the Civil War earlier. Mm-hmm. The, the Civil War that we encounter in Episodes 4, 5, and 6, it starts at that point then. Because Obi-Wan and Anakin are able to make a direct appeal. We know that there are still some Jedi, even half-trained, you know, there's still Kanan out there. But even before we know about Kanan, there are still people out there who could rally to their cause. Heck, there's an Ahsoka out there. That's true. Ahsoka's out there, too. So that's what I I see happening is the Civil War starts at that point as opposed to waiting 20 years. Okay, okay, okay. Man, this just just blew my mind and it just came to me. So what if Obi-Wan and Yoda make a call to Padme and Bail Organa? Mm-hmm. hand them the keys to democracy and say, the Senate now needs to elect a new chancellor. Uh, we give power back to the to the people, to the government. But as we do that, hey, let's let's clean this S up. You know, let's make sure that this doesn't happen again. Um, maybe they find a way to found a new republic, you know, the new republic. Yeah. We'll call it that. Uh, okay. But at the same time, Anakin realizes what's happened he sees the, the you know the broadcast from padme he feels uh you know rejected obviously big time 
And he takes control of the clones, and along with, wait for it, Darth Maul, they decide Mm. to do their best to destroy this brand new republic, and there's your civil war. Very, very interesting, because mentally I still, you know... in uh, admission here, even as somebody who loves the Clone Wars and and all the storylines and everything, I don't tend to bring in somebody like Maul by default. To me, like in 2005, when the movie came out, Maul is still dead. Maul didn't survive Naboo until the the Clone Wars series. Like that, then it you know it's sort of in a sense retconned in my brain, where I'm like, oh, okay, he did live after all. Do you see? Okay, so so you're you're bringing in that, and okay, so Maul comes into play. What army does the Republic fight with? I mean that that's the whole thing. Is I see this, you know, the Civil War starts, but the clones are still loyal to the, if not Palpatine in specific, then to the Empire slash Republic, whatever you want to call it, that he was the head of. And that's where I think that uh, the military that's not clones comes into play and so those loyal to the republic in the military army will then maybe find a way to turn on their clones and uh and you know take over their venerators and that kind of thing and that's where you start this whole um you know more ground force um and gra- put it this way, this kind of grassroots effort uh, yeah. for for this new fledgling new republic. And that's see, where things you get like um, Saul Guerrera and that kind of uh, military organization and, and rebellion that's begun on these planets. They, they're the ones who, um, you know, continue that fight. But that that's an interesting thought to me, though, is the, the clones are ordered to turn on the Jedi. Sure. But. They're not all serving, you know, with Jedi in specific on each ship and everything. Right. Would the clones, let's say in your scenario that, um, because we know in the novelization that uh, Nita is one of the, the, he's in the Imperial Navy at this point and he's on a ship. Do the clones, so long as they don't see a Jedi, ignore that order and go along and, you know, so so Nita says, no, 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 you're loyal to the Republic. Your Republic soldiers are going to do what I say. Palpatine is dead, and we have to stay loyal to the Senate. Do you see the clones going along with that? That is a good question, and it makes for an interesting discussion because I think there's still a lot about the Order 66 and the chip that we don't know. You know, is yeah. that a one-time order, and then once that they think it's complete, um, they can let it go. Uh, you know, yeah. And, and so, the, yeah, you have a you do have a lot of questions there. But I'm I'm suspecting that it is something that if they ever do come across a Jedi, they will think it's their enemy from this point forward, and therefore, the clones themselves have to be taken care of. And this would be the start of a all-volunteer army for the New Republic, basically okay. kind of what the United States has now. Right. So here, here's a question. Is Anakin is in a place, though, where there are no clones. Does he summon them? Do they go? 
do like when he summons them, do they all mutiny on their ships? Does he like would, would that be his first step in this civil war would be, you know, OK, let's presume Obi-Wan and Anakin block transmissions from Mustafar so that An- Anakin has to climb back in his ship and fly around and sort of go on a uh, a a ship by ship appeal to the clones and say, you're going to follow me. Let's go along. Yeah, and that's where I do think that you would really get um, some interesting things happening. And, and one of them would be that Anakin does have to find a way to be able to reach out to the clones. And that's where I think the connection between him and Maul come in. Because Maul was, we know from the Ahsoka book, he was taken down on... Yeah, but but see, th- this is so. this is the thing is do, I I don't know if Anakin without Palpatine there to sort of reinforce his bad decisions is there a final appeal toward his redemption that can be made is there you know something where I mean Palpatine so far as we know has not set up some sort of succession plan where he believes he might die, and therefore he's said to everybody, if I go out, follow Lord Vader. Mm-hmm. We know he sent them to kill the Separatists, but he has no you know, uh, commandos, no soldiers, nobody there with him. Does Anakin have the authority? I mean, wouldn't Palpatine have feared Anakin turning on him and so not given him direct control but then of course that adds on a whole other layer because years later vader is in control of the military right but they're no longer clones they can still quite you know they can still question his orders and their loyalty can mm-hmm. be to palpatine above him I, I think that i i do think that anakin would not be able to be redeemed i think it the end of three is pretty clear that he likes the decision that he's made uh, I mean, mm-hmm. he, even his wife, the one he said that he loved, was, yeah. you know, uh, he chokes her to death. You know, so uh, he, he doesn't have a lot of remorse about it either. In fact, he doesn't have any um, until he realizes he do, that Doesn't he, though? I mean, when he's in the suit, he's his first thought is of her. Right. And he asks how she is. But that's after the, that's after that kind of like, adrenaline of anger see, has happened see, i don't know if he would feel that if palpatine was m- killed and he doesn't have anything to fall back on but but that's what i'm saying is like i i would see that maybe there's a redemptive arc here for anakin earlier because there's still good in him padme even believes after he you know commits his heinous act against her even padme is saying there's still good in him try to save him you know, there's somebody good in there still. So Anakin is on Mustafar. The government's in disarray. Everything's going to... Do you think that they send... I mean, this might be where the mistake comes back, is they send Padme to go talk to him. Or would you see Obi-Wan and Yoda saying, look, we're the clones will still kill us on sight. You guys, you know, we, we've wiped out the Emperor. You guys got to fix this. We're going to go handle Anakin. And do they try to redeem him at that point? What? Because Obi-Wan, as as you right. pointed out in the novelization, and as I think is clear in the movie, Obi-Wan doesn't want to fight him. Obi-Wan still loves him like a brother, 
Obi-Wan doesn't want to kill him. It's mm-hmm. not like Obi-Wan is going there to to hurt him. He doesn't want to do that. So Obi-Wan would probably appeal to Yoda and say, let's turn him around. We've got our point here. He's just fallen. Maybe we can pull him back. That's a good question. And I think that the way to do it is to bring Padme with them. So it's the three of them. Okay. Uh, And all of them standing together and beckoning him back to the light side. And I think that might have the impact that we're looking for, for him to turn around and say, oh, son of a gun, what have I done, you know? Okay, so so let's say they do get him to turn. It, does he become—let's say he, he does say, oh, gosh, look at what a fool I've been, and he, he turns it around. Does he then become the way that they can deprogram the clones? Because obviously they've been— well, I mean, it's not even obvious. I'm guessing that the clones have been given, you know, Order 66, but then there's some sort of thing where Palpatine can be like, except for this guy. But Well, I mean, they maybe, 501st marched straight into the Jedi Temple with him and had no problem with it, so. That's true. That's true. I mean, they so, were following him just like they always did. So maybe that becomes their way of taming the clones, for lack of a better phrase is Anakin, they go back, they can appeal to him, they bring him back, order is restored, because he says, hey, hey, y'all, let, let's let's chill out here. Let's and cool. and I think, and, and this is the thing that I think would be really interesting, is for Anakin to hang up the lightsaber. Leave the order. Yes, that he, he leaves the order um, that Obi-Wan and Yoda spend time contemplating traveling the galaxy together uh, and maybe even picking up Ahsoka uh, and and doing kind of a, a vision quest to re-find and, and find a way to reformat the Jedi Order in a way that's different. And, and so that it's Yoda and, and his very last act is not trying to save the Skywalker children, but it's founding a new Jedi Order one that's not tied to the government is based right. on a planet, you know, some very, uh, you know, right. life-giving planet and 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 doing things differently. So basically, Anakin in this scenario still restores balance to the galaxy, mm-hmm. uh, leads to the new way of life being established, and I like your idea of hanging up the lightsaber or maybe like, uh, uh, like Wyatt Earp, he puts it in a case. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like the peacemaker, and he and Padme go off, live on do Naboo, you, raise their kids. You know, you I see mean, them ra- do you see them raising the kids on Naboo, or do you see them raising the kids on Tatooine? Uh no, uh, he does not like sand, so it's it coarse is coarse. And, it does get and everywhere. it gets everywhere. Yeah. Uh, no, I can see them living in the Lake Country, raising the kids. Uh, you know. He's going to be well aware that his children probably are very strong in the Force. Uh, I think maybe Luke uh, takes on the the, <laughs> the same role of, of becoming a Jedi, and maybe Leia follows yeah. her mom into politics. And so, uh, but but see, <laughs> see see the this beautiful serene thing with the way my brain works is you're setting this up where okay hey he's married his sweetheart and they're going off and they're going to build the beautiful life together, and then all of a sudden in a time machine. 
uh, Crazy Obi-Wan comes back and says, Anakin, Anakin it's your kids. You gotta do something turn- about your kids. <laughs> they turn out to be a-holes. <laughs> yeah, and they jump in the DeLorean oh, and they awesome. go back. They jump, yeah, they jump into the speeder with the right cockpit and the right speed yeah. capabilities, you know. And, that's right. Uh, no, that's that's hilarious. I love that. Um, but no, I, I think that that, you know, that's the thing that would be so interesting about this this whole thought experiment is that, you know, could there have been a moment where they made a different decision and everything changed, you know, because everything comes yeah. down to those moments and those decisions and just the way it does in our lives. And... What if they had left Anakin to himself for just a little while and taken care of the Emperor? And then if they had to, they could have gone and taken care of Anakin together. And maybe that's just the the thing about the Jedi at that point of always expecting, and even Yoda, expecting that they could handle more than they could. Maybe this leads to a question for another time, but I even wonder, would it be they make the decision to go face the Emperor together, they overcome him, maybe one of them dies in the process, and then either both or whoever's alive goes off, and the Jedi just, they become a legend. And that person just goes off and says, I'm done with the galaxy, I'm out. And there are no real Jedi that we know of after that point. They just go off and they say... You know, on the way out the door. Oh, and by the way, Anakin's on Mustafar. You're going to want to take care of that. Well, and and this is the interesting. Think about this. So if they 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 everything happens like we said, you know, Anakin in some ways, if he hangs up the lightsaber and raises his children, isn't he basically the father from Mortis? Isn't he fulfilling the destiny that he turned down? Oof. And, Oof. and but now he's fulfilling it by not being a Jedi, but raising two children, you know, a son and a daughter and teaching them and, the balance of the force. But te- teaching them the ways of the force, but without the strictures of the Jedi. Exactly. And, right. and, and, and that's that's the thing, I think, that the um, the new Jedi order for Obi-Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka and all the rest would would kind of come to uh, understand is that yeah. there needs to be a different way, a different path, and and uh, and so the Jedi become more the way that I guess the fans imagined them before the prequels, where they're sort of like Ronin, where they're you know the the samurai that have no no real master. They just sort of they're out there doing their thing, doing you know. To borrow a phrase from one of my other favorite films, Pulp Fiction, you know, walk the earth like Kane from Kung Fu. You know, they, they go around writing wrongs, but there's no specific order to them. I, I think that what I, I would see it more as is being it would be a looser structure with more mm-hmm. more thought and care given to that each person is different. We can't just assume that you can train everyone exactly the same and that it will be the best for everyone. You know, that it's 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 not just a cut and paste for every Jedi, that we need to spend the time to cultivate who that person is, what their strengths are, and and 
be able to make allowances for those where there are weaknesses. Uh, and, and so, you know, there are rules, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be set in stone for everyone. No exceptions. Right. But what, what if, what if it, yeah. Well, what if it's almost like a, um, instead of like this big centralized order that's, you know, tied to the government and everything, it's almost like the Jedi all have a basic creed that they all go to. But if you go to certain sectors of the galaxy, what eventually springs up is the Jedi have adapted to that culture, you know, so the, the Jedi that is on that planet or in that sector or whatever, however you want to say it. So kind of like they're green lanterns of the star Wars galaxy, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Like they're, they're the right ones for that place. Yeah. I think that makes sense. And, and, but at the and, and at the same time with that that diversity of Jedi, yeah. you um you actually are better serving the the people that you're near, you know, in, right. in the same way that the local church is better at handling the problems of that local area than just, you know, say the Catholic Church of you know, you know what I'm saying? Like well, I yeah, well, I mean that that's you know you, you that that's actually I, I one don't of the, mean Catholic as in the Catholic Church. I just meant like Catholic as in the word that means the entire universal. Well, yeah, yeah universal. no, I, I mean that that's actually that that was a um you know a philosophical thing that uh, Tolkien tried to work into his works was the idea of subsidiarity, um and and that's you know uh, for for Christianity that's one of sort of the pinning principles is that. You know, you solve what you can in the family. If you can't solve it in the family, you solve it in the town. If you and like it, it's these concentric circles that go out, so that instead of being like the Jedi who are this centralized authority, it's you know the larger group of Jedi only get involved when the smaller group of Jedi can't right handle right. what's what's going well, on. Well, and that's why you know there there does have to be a, a central place for the Jedi to come back and share their experiences, and that's the way that the order continues to grow, continues to evolve. You know, yeah. um, that there are always going to be core tenets to what it means to be a Jedi, right? Uh, exactly. But there will always be ways in which the Jedi Constitution basically could be amended if it needs to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Commandment one: Your lightsaber is this weapon is your life. Exactly. Don't, Don't lose, lose it. this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so you know what I'm, I mean? I think that creates a really interesting. And I, gosh, it makes me think that the connection then to what we might see in eight and nine with Luke yeah. and where the Jedi Order is going to go. I think a lot of these questions and and just kind of what we're raising here. Gosh, wouldn't it be kind of cool to see some of that kind of play out somehow in in the sequel trilogy? I would love, I would love nothing more. It doesn't even need to be an episode. It could be in one of the anthology movies. I, I like, I just, I want to see some sort of idea that uh, you know. And in Episode Seven, they're the ones that raised it. He was looking for the first Jedi temple. I hope this becomes a thread of the studying of Jedi history, so that we can maybe they're trying to put a, a lens on what went wrong. Oh, and yeah. how to make it right so. in the future. Well, so, And that's what made, I mean, just kind of what we just kind of beat through there and, and tried to come up with. Uh, it's so much fun because in a lot of ways, 
you got to think that that's what the story group has to be doing for these films. You know, okay, uh, yeah. where are we going to take this? What are we going to do with it? You know, because uh, you can't just turn to George anymore and be like, so George, what happens next? You know, you, you have to come up with it yourself. Yeah. Or, or you know, maybe the story group could uh, come over and check us out on Twitter at the Jedi Masters and, uh, you know, see the posts about these shows and they could listen to this delightful episode and, you know, hey, we're here for you guys. Yeah, just, we're, just we're let here us know. Uh, at the Jedi Masters. We're here on Join Nerd Party at Join Nerd That's Party. That's right. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the nerd party and, uh, you know, John, we're uh, all over iTunes with the Nerd Party. You can find all oh, of yes, our Nerd are. Party shows there. I mean, we've got so many great shows now to listen to, so make sure that you listen to each and every one. Fantastic uh, just foray into geekdom in, in general, I mean, because we've got oh. all the subjects covered. Oh, yeah. But, we uh, do. you know, while you're at, at iTunes, uh, hit us up with a star rating and review. That, that really does help with the show, and we uh, really do appreciate all the people who have already given us those, and... Um, you know, uh, if we want to catch the story group's eye, uh, we're going to need your yeah. help to do that by uh, raising our level on iTunes with those star ratings and reviews. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's the holiday season, so go ahead, give us a, and a star rating and review. And don't <laughs> Please forget don't do that to, me. to hang up your no. sock. No, 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 no. <laughs> You might as well start singing "Wonderful Christmas Time" right now. That's just not going to happen. Oh, on a completely different show, I was I was talking about the Honor Majesty Secret Service with uh, John Champion over there at the Mission Log Pod. Yeah, uh, you could always uh, sing "How to How Christmas Trees Are Grown" from that movie. So, oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah, I know. That's right. That could be our oh, official wow. Christmas song of the of aggressive negotiations. <laughs> That is going to go on my Spotify playlist. I promise you that. Okay. But while, wow. <laughs> but while people are going around and they're, they're, you know, they're connecting with Nerd Party at Join Nerd Party and Facebook.com slash The Nerd Party, where can they find you online, Matt? Oh, man. You can find me on uh, the Trek FM network. I'm doing a few shows there, doing literary treks with Bruce and Dan, talking about the books and the comics of Star Trek. We get the opportunity a lot of times to interview the authors, talking about their latest works. So it's a lot of fun. Make sure you check that out. Uh, you can also find me on The Orb with Chris Jones, where we're talking about Deep Space Nine. I do the general geek show there called The 602 Club. Uh, you can find that as well as an iTunes Star Wars The 602 Club collection that just collects all the Star Wars episodes we've done there. So much great stuff over at the 602 Club. I hope you'll join us. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I've just started writing the book reviews for the StarWarsReport.com. Uh, Excellent. So I just reviewed Catalyst, so be sure you check that out. Uh, I definitely think it's worth a read. I give it two thumbs way, way up before you see Rogue One. And um, also did the 602 <laughs> Club. We talked about... Uh, catalyst as well so be sure you check out that episode I, I think everybody will really enjoy it but um john i'm not the only one who's uh just uh, i would say prolific on the internet uh you my friend are all over the place so uh, where can everybody find you well i'm nowhere near as ubiquitous as you are matt but i i will say that you can find me as kessel junkie on your social network of choice and you can find me co-hosting words with nerds uh general geek show with my pal craig you can find me uh, co-hosting Stage 9 over on the Trek FM network, exploring the work of Star Trek creators with Mike Schindler. And speaking of Mike Schindler, right here on the Nerd Party Network, I co-host a show with him called Great Shot Kid, which is all Don't about get cocky. the work. Oh, hey, it is all about the work of Star Wars creators. And it is 
really, really a lot of fun. We talk about everything from uh, the different film formats that the Star Wars movies have used to different movies that the directors have directed and written and all of those sorts of things. It It is, it's a lot of fun. So again, we have lots of places to reach out to us, but most importantly, uh, just to stress again, go ahead, reach out to us on iTunes. Let us know that you're listening uh, because it really does provide a great boost to the show. So we would appreciate it. And with all of that, Matt, I think there's only one thing left to say. I think it's time to close negotiations. John, negotiations are closed. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.